1: No book on earth is deeper and richer than the Bible, and few passages of Scripture go deeper than the ninth chapter of the book of Romans. Welcome to Canyon Ridge Radio with Pastor Chris Chadwick, a ministry of Canyon Ridge Baptist Church in San Diego. You'll hear verse-by-verse preaching that will help you know and love Jesus in a personal and practical way. Open your Bibles with us to Romans chapter 9 and listen in to part 1 of this message, as we learn together from the Bible.
2: Romans chapter 9 in your Bibles this morning. Romans chapter 9 well I want to say to those of you who are here or let me ask you this question I should say how many of you have been here for all four messages on Romans chapter 9 how many of you have been here for all four messages on Romans 9 you, you have made it through the crucible of the Bible alright the, probably the hardest chapter to go verse by verse through the Bible so if we had awards you would get one we don't your award is in heaven there's a crown in heaven for everybody that sat through this series alright promise you that but um, it's It's awesome. And I'm looking forward to finishing it up today, Romans chapter 9. We've been, if you're a guest here, we have studied verse by verse, every single verse in Romans 9, a very challenging text. But 20 years ago, when my wife and I moved here from Texas now, almost 21 years ago, I promised the people of Canyon Ridge Baptist Church that we would not ignore the hard passages of the Bible. And to date, we have not. We've not overlooked one. And uh, we are looking forward to jumping in today in Romans 9, in verse number 25. How many of you have ever been blessed by the suffering of somebody else? How many of you have ever been blessed by the suffering of somebody else, all right? I, I, I have been blessed by that. Let me tell you a story. Several years ago, I think it was about seven years ago, uh, somebody in the church invited me over to what was then a newer restaurant in Linda Vista, right across the street called Sabe Lee. And uh, they've changed names, but um, it's a Thai restaurant, uh, Thai food, and I was preparing to go to Thailand, and, and I had had Thai food before, but but not really real Thai food, I'd had like the taco, like if Taco Bell's Mexican food, that's the kind of Thai food that I had, if you know what I mean, it was, it was Thai, but not really Thai, but I went over there, and uh, we sit down, and the waitress comes, and, and she uh, um, takes our order, and I forget what I ordered, I, I don't remember what it was, but I remember this, after I ordered, she looked at me and she said, and what spice level do you want? Well, let me be honest with you. I've been ordering food at restaurants for like 40 plus years. I mean, my, my parents, as soon as I could start talking, if we went to a restaurant, I ordered my own food. And my mom never ordered my food for me. Some of you parents need to write that down. I, I was taught as a child to talk to adults. And so I, I always been ordering food. And so I, I, I had ordered my food and I'd never been asked spice level. And the lady said, what spice level do you want? And I said, well, well, what's the ratio? She said, well, 10 is the hottest, 1 is the lightest. I said, okay, I'll just do the typical thing, I'll take it at a five, and she looked right at me, and she goes, oh, you can't have the five, in her Thai accent, and I was like, well, why can't I have a five, I mean, like, like, what, is there special people for the five, or whatever, and you know me, my personality is a little bit, at times, every once in a while, outgoing, and gregarious, and so I was like, why can't I have a five, and she, I'll never forget what she said, she goes, you're too white, I'm too white? Like, are you kidding me? Like, like, now what, white people can't handle heat? And I'm like, come on. And she goes, no. She goes, do you like jalapenos? I'm like, yeah. She goes, can you eat many of them? I'm like, I mean, every once in a while I could have a jalapeno. Yeah, she goes, yeah, no, you're too white. I was like, I don't know, okay, I'll, I'll take a three then. Now I'm irritated. How many of you ever been irritated, but you just go along to get along? So I'm like, I'll just take a three then. And this is what I, I said to her. I said, and I'll probably have to add some spice when we're done. And she kind of smiled and was like, <laughs> stupid white guy. And she didn't say that verbally, but I felt it. She walked back to the kitchen. We got our food. Our food came out. Again, I don't remember what I ordered, but this is what I remember. I took a bite and I felt like the gates of hell had opened up in my mouth. I am not exhausted. <laughs> And I thought, now, how many of you have ever been like this? You thought like, oh, I ate the whole spice, like they left it in one spot, like they forgot to mix it up. You know, like your mom, when she's mad at you or whatever, like, oh, you can have sugar, now you get a little bit of sugar and it's all in one spot. So I thought, that's what I did. And so I took another bite. No, the whole thing was this inferno of Hades. And I'm like, oh. I took three bites and I was done. I was done. Could not eat anymore now, you can make fun of me all day long i don 't even care. I eat there all the time. I go with a solid one to zero, zero to one, so i 'm like i 'm like, is one the lowest? Yeah, okay, can we go a little bit less than that? Like can we go a half a half? Well, Debbie and I we were taking this lady that was in the church at the time she since moved to another state. We were taking this lady to the church and she prided herself on being able to eat hot food. How many of you are like that? Like, oh, I can eat hot food it doesn 't bother me, and, and you 're like that like it's a, it's a, it's, well it 's a sinful pride issue in your life. So I'm teasing, obviously. And we took this lady to the ch- to, to the restaurant over there. And as we ordered, and I wasn't really thinking about it until the lady looked at, um, the, the waitress looked at the lady and, and said, spice level. And I thought, oh, I want to see this. <laughs> so I looked up and the lady prided herself on being able to eat hot food. She'd never eaten there before. She goes, I'll have a seven. And the waitress looked at her and goes, uh-uh. She goes, well, I, I can handle hot food. I can handle it, I promise. She goes, uh, you're too white. <laughs> I cracked up. I'm like, yes, I'm not the only white guy in the room. And, and so the lady goes, no, you can't have it, seven. And the lady started arguing, and I, and I called her by name. I said, listen, you need to stop real quick this is the hottest food you will ever eat. And I'd since been to Thailand. I'm like, you have no idea the level of heat. Pastor, I've been all over the world. I'll be fine. I'm like, you will not eat a seven. And she goes, okay, what should I get? And the waitress goes, you like really, really hot food. She goes, I love it. She goes, okay, take a four. And I'm like, that's too hot. And she's like, no, I'll take a four. Ordered a four. And she had the exact same response that I had. Inferno, couldn't eat the food, pushed away, one bite, sweat the whole body, sweat over. In contrast, my wife goes and orders, and my wife says, is there any spice level at all? And the lady's like, yes. Debbie goes, take it all out, I don't want it any hotter than pepper. Like just black pepper, why? My wife benefited from the suffering of others she did how many of you have ever been driving down the freeway you're driving down the freeway and you're going faster than the posted speed limit side how many of you have ever done that how many of you have ever done that if your hand's not up you're a liar uh i'm teasing you might not be you might not have a license um But you're driving down the freeway, and you're going faster than the posted speed limit sign. You're just driving. And you see that the highway patrol or San Diego PD or wherever it is that you're at has somebody pulled over. And how many of you are driving faster than you're supposed to? You see them pulled over? How many of you hit your brakes reflect just as a reflex? You just slow down. Anybody in the room like that? I do the same thing. And, And let me tell you, when the cops have somebody pulled over, they're not paying attention to you. That's the time to speed. But we still do that, but because they got them, we benefit from the suffering of others. Our text this morning helps us to understand that, especially for everybody in the crowd who is not Jewish by birth. Notice verse number 25 to 33 as we end this glorious passage where the Bible says, and he saith also, verse number 25 of Romans 9, in Osi or Hosea, the book of Hosea, I will call them my people which are not my people and her beloved which was not my beloved. And it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said unto them, ye are not my people, there shall they be called the children of the living God. Isaiah, or Isaiah, also crieth concerning Israel. Though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, a remnant shall be saved. For he will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness, because a short work will the Lord make upon the earth. And as Isaiah said before, except the Lord of the Sabbath had left us a seed, we had been as Sodoma, or Sodom, and been made like unto Gomorrah. As we come to this part of a te- our text, we learned last week uh, about the Lord hardening Pharaoh's heart in verse number seventeen of our text, and we we understood, or we came to this um, conclusion, that the Lord hardened—that means to make hard or to make stubborn—the heart of Pharaoh, whose heart was already hardened. Exodus chapter three, verse number nineteen. The Bible says, um, "I think it's I think it's fourteen actually." The the Bible says, "God speaking of Pharaoh uh, to Moses, for I know the king of Egypt that he will not let you go. No, not with a mighty hand. That nothing that you do, that I really do, is Pharaoh going to to let you go? And Pharaoh had a hard heart and." 10 times in the Bible, the Bible says that Pharaoh hardened his heart and 10 times in the Bible, it says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And so we, we understand in scripture really, really clearly that God uh, hardened the already rebellious heart of Pharaoh. God hardened his already rebellious heart. Sometimes people read Romans chapter nine, And they come to the, if you will, to the conclusion that God um, hardened Pharaoh's heart and Pharaoh's heart was soft and tender and submitted to the Lord when nothing could be further from the truth. Pharaoh's heart was incredibly hard to the things of God. Pharaoh thought he was God and, and God used Pharaoh's hard heart to bring about the first Passover. In other words, let me say it this way. As God brought the ten plagues on the nation of Egypt in order to let the children of Israel go, God did not want Want or was not going to allow Pharaoh to let the children of Israel go after the seventh plague. God wanted it to be fulfilled all the way to that first Passover. There was a picture of the death of Jesus Christ where the death angel would come and, and would visit every family on where the, the blood was not put on the doorpost or on the lentils of the house um, of the children of Israel. So if you didn't put blood over the doorpost, if you didn't put blood over the uh, the the cross member of the house the death angel would come and kill the oldest in the house of every being and so god hardened pharaoh's heart to bring that first passover uh, into play and then the, the israelites celebrated the passover every year as a picture or they were told to every year as a picture of the coming messiah Then we come to verse number 25, and we dealt with that last week. I don't have time to re-preach the whole thing, but we come to verse number 25, and now we see that the nations are benefited from Israel's hardening. The nations are benefited from Israel's hardening, verses 25 to 29. By Israel's hardening, I want to remind you that the nation of Israel rejected Jesus Christ.
1: If you like what you've heard so far, check out CanyonRidgeRadio.com. You can see videos and listen to hundreds of Bible messages that will help you in your walk with the Lord. You can also send a message to me and Pastor Chadwick. Check us out at CanyonRidgeRadio.com. Now, back to the message in progress.
2: Now, Jesus left heaven and came to earth with the full intent uh, you know he was sovereign, and he knew what they would do, but he came with the full intent of reconciling and giving opportunity for Israel to reconcile or to make right their relationship with God. but they continually rejected him, and that rejection was was fulfilled was made perfect in Matthew chapter 12, verse number 14, where the Bible says, when the Pharisees went out and held counsel against him, how they might destroy him. The Pharisees, being the spiritual leaders of the land, determined that they would destroy Jesus, they would kill him, not because they disagreed with what he said or disliked what he said. They wanted to kill him because he threatened their power, he threatened their control, he threatened their livelihood, he threatened their money, and they despised him and rejected him because of that. And they hardened their heart towards Jesus Christ. And because they hardened their heart towards Jesus Christ, God did not allow a national revival until the death, burial, and resurrection of of Christ. In other words, God temporarily hardened the already rebellious heart of the people of Israel to bring about the second and final Passover. You say, "What does this matter? It's going to make really—it's going to be really important here in just a minute." Matter of fact, the, the whole context of the book—we're going to see it unfold here in just a second. But we have to understand that God did indeed harden the children of Israel. Do me a favor—turn with me over to Matthew chapter thirteen. We have a few verses up here, but I want you to see Matthew chapter thirteen in your Bible. Turn to the left a little bit into Matthew chapter thirteen, and I want you to notice verse number. 10, verse number 10, Matthew 13. And the disciples came and said unto him, why speakest thou unto them in parables? Or Jesus, why are you talking to the children of Israel in parables? Why don't you just make it easily understandable? Why don't you just make it clear? Why are you speaking to them in parables? Why are you, we could say it this way, why are you making it hard for them to understand? Why are you doing that? I mean, that's the question that they're asking. Why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered and said unto them, or Jesus said unto them, because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. For whosoever hath to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance, but whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken away even that he hath now how many of you in your life have been reading through the new testament going i find this hard to understand why did jesus speak in such a way that 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 they didn't understand here's what we need to un, here's what we need to understand and that is that jesus did that because they hardened their hearts towards god and would not receive the truth of jesus as the messiah they rebelled against god and so god for a temporary period temporary is a key word here temporary period did not afford them as a nation to understand the totality of the gospel temporary period Totality of the gospel. Those are really key truths here. You say, oh, come on, Pastor, you got to help me out more. Okay, verse number 13 of Matthew chapter 13. Therefore, or because of this, because from some it shall be given, and whosoever hath not from him shall be taken away. Therefore, I speak to them in parables, because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, Isaiah, which saith, by hearing ye shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see and shall not perceive. Now look at verse number 15. And this people's heart is waxed gross. And their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have they closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their hearts, and should be converted, and I should heal them. He says, Jesus says, they've closed off their hearts, their minds, their eyes, their ears. They do not want to hear, because if they wanted to hear, I would heal them, but they do not want to hear, therefore... I am going to harden them temporarily so that other nations will be benefited. In other words, I'm not gonna let them get all the way up to the cross of Calvary and then them go, no, no good, no, no, because the Bible says that Jesus is the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. So the nation of Israel was temporarily hardened to bring about the second Passover, if you will, or the cross of Jesus Christ. They, they lied about Christ as a nation. They ignored Christ. They hated Christ. And God's chosen people as a nation ultimately crucified Christ. And that's what Hosea is talking about. And that's what Paul reminds us about in verses 25-25 to verse number 26. Look back in Romans chapter nine. And he saith also in Osi, I will call them my people which are not my people and her beloved which are not my beloved. Now, Paul is quoting from Hosea chapter 2, verse 21 to chapter 3, verse number 1, where the Bible says, "...and it came to pass in that day, I will hear, saith the Lord, I will hear the heavens, and they shall hear the earth, and the earth shall hear the corn and wine and the oil, and they shall hear Jezreel, and I will sow her unto me in the earth, and I will have mercy upon her and not obtain mercy." Let me read that correctly. And I will have mercy upon her that had not obtained mercy. And I will say to them which were not my people, thou art my people. And they shall say, thou art my God. Verse 23, God's talking about the Gentiles here. Chapter 3, verse number 1. Then said the Lord unto me, go yet, love a woman beloved of her friend, yet an adulteress, according to the love of the Lord towards the children of Israel, who look to other gods and flagons of wine, and love flagons of wine. Now this is an amazing story the story that is found in the book of Hosea. It's an honest, literal story. Hosea is a prophet. He's looked by the nation of Israel as a prophet. He's the man of God for the people. He's the one through whom God will speak. And God tells Hosea in Hosea chapter one, verse number two, that he's to go get married, but he's supposed to marry a prostitute, which is unfathomable. Prostitution in the nation of Israel was a crime punishable by stoning. She should have been stoned to death. And God tells Hosea... Hosea, you're the prophet, you're a picture of me, your wife is going to be a picture of the people of Israel, and I want you to go and you're supposed to marry a prostitute. So Hosea, in obedience, this would not have been at all an easy decision for him, this would have been a very, very challenging decision, he would have been ridiculed by so many people. Hosea goes and he marries his wife, whose name is Gomer, not like Gomer Pyle, that was really her name, I'm not that, that's her Bible name, her name is Gomer, and they were to have three children, and their Children's names were would have great importance. He had his first son, and, and then he had a daughter named Lo Ruama. And then Paul is quoting Hosea one nine in the, or, or helping us to understand Hosea one nine in this text. And God tells Hosea to name his third son Lo which means not my people, not my people. God had promised that the nation of Israel were his people, but for a temporary season, they were not going to be God's people. And the kid's name, the boy's name meant that. His name had tremendous importance. Now in our culture, we name people generationally. Like when I was a kid, Christopher was the most popular name. And you go through the years and then people name their kids like, and we've come to a point where we name our kids just dumb names. How many of you would agree with that? Like, oh, that's a dumb. Now, if your kids have any of these names that I'm thinking of off the top of my head, I love your children, but I'm sorry. People are like, my son's name is Hunter. My son's name is Jack Spratt. My son's name is Razor, and, and there's nothing wrong with any of those names, but they don't, we, we don't really name our children in our culture with meaning, like like we don't name their kids. My parents named me Christopher because my dad was a preacher, the name Christopher means bearer of Christ, and so my dad was like, I want my son to, to share the gospel everywhere he goes, and, and they named my brother Timothy because the name Timothy means criminal who'll spend life in prison, and... <laughs> And boy, he sure has done that. I don't remember what Timothy means; probably has no meaning at all. And um, and that, so they named us those things. But as a general rule, we just kind of name people. Oh, that's kind of a cute name, or that's kind of a fun name. Our daycare, we see it. We, you know, for a few years, every kid's name was Carter. We had like nine white kids named Carter. They all had blonde hair. It's like I would just walk into a classroom in our daycare when I was kind of managing by walking around, saying hi to everybody and all that. I would just say hi, Carter, and like four kids, I wouldn't even know who they were. They like stop and wave at. Me and and you know and then you like walk in. Hi, Spruce. Hi, Redwood. Hey, Evergreen. All right, good there. There you go. You know, my kids' name. My name is Time. I'm spicy. Um, I'm an herb, and, uh, and 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 we just name it. But in that day, those that name meant oh, everything. And when the people heard that the prophet named his son not my people, it was not. It didn't have to be explained. It would have to be explained to us because we're not in that culture. But in that culture, that name meant a ton to the to the people that are there. And Paul is referring back, through the inspiration of the Spirit, Paul is referring back to Hosea, and, and he says, I will call them my people which were not my people, and her beloved which were not my beloved. It's important to note that God still had a genuine love for the nation of Israel in spite of their rebellion. And, and, and Paul is, is saying to the people of Israel that. God loves you, God loved you, God still loves you, but because of your rejection of Jesus Christ, even though I love you, I'm bringing in, there's a theological term called grafting in, I'm grafting in another people which are not my people. Well, the nation of Israel would be like, well, who are you grafting in? Who are you bringing in? Who are not your people? And it's it's as though you can imagine a a conversation. God's saying, I'm bringing in the Gentiles. Now, nothing to a Jew could be more shocking than that statement. Because remember the prayer that the average Orthodox Jew prayed, man especially prayed when he woke up in the morning before his feet hit the ground. We were told that they prayed a prayer that said, God, I thank you that I am not a dog, I am not a woman, and I am not a Gentile. They were not very open. And so when, when, when Paul teaches these men in the church at Rome and these women in the church at Rome that God is grafting in these Gentiles and that the church at Rome, which was comprised of about a 50-50 mix of Jew and Gentile, that, that the Gentiles are now part of the church God's grafted in people and they're special and, and they're loved and, and accepted and adored by God and they're a, they're a people that God will temporarily use to take the gospel to a lost and dying world. It was somewhat shocking to the Jews.
1: You've been listening to Canyon Ridge Radio with Pastor Chris Chadwick. Tune in next week as Pastor Chadwick continues this powerful series of messages from Romans chapter 9. Speaking of, if you have any questions about what it means to be a Christian, the Bible, and how to go to heaven, we invite you to visit canyonridgeradio.com for more information. We hope this episode of Canyon Ridge Radio has been an encouragement to you. Canyon Ridge Baptist Church is a growing church located in beautiful San Diego, California. If you're in the San Diego area, make plans to visit us this Sunday at 8.30 a.m., 10.30 a.m., or 5 o'clock p.m. at 6866 Linda Vista Road. For more information about our church, pastor, or how to know Jesus as your Savior, visit our website at canyonridgeradio.com.